Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are coming off a big win in Philadelphia. Our guest today will be Luke Johnson, who covers the Saints for The Advocate. We'll get to him in a little bit. Before we do, let's recap the Saints' New Year's Day. It was an incredible day by the Saints all around and really all facets of the game. Everybody performed. Defensive end Cam Jordan broke the Saints' all-time sack record. He passed Ricky Jackson, who had it at 115. Cam has 115 and a half. First and 10. Takes the handoff back to throw, a little stunt, and he does the ball, comes loose, and Minshew gets it, but that'll be it. That should be the sack for Cam Jordan, and that should be the record. That's the record. Congratulations to the new Saints. Sack leader, his, franchise history. His third sack today, loss of 12. Minshew fumbled it, but when he picked it up, Cam was there. Three sacks today, began the day with 112.5. You know, I, I, I'm just overly happy and excited to give the Lord praise for waking me up this morning, giving me breath well into 2023, all of, what are we, 16 and a half hours into 2023, and we had, you know, three sacks today. That's one heck of a way to start off 2023. Don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but January 1 was a good day. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore sealed the deal with a pick six late in his first game after missing the past 10 due to that lacerated kidney. He also said he was dealing with some rib issues after the game. He said he just took a leap of faith. He still felt it a little bit, but he really wanted to play in Philly. Second and eight, empty backfield now for Minshew. Takes the snap, throws a quick one, and that's picked off by Marshawn Lattimore. Pick six. Welcome back, Marshawn. That's how you do it. Happy New Year, baby. The Saints were able to hold Eagles quarterback Gardner Minshew, backup quarterback because Jalen Hurts missed his second straight game, but they held Minshew to just 18 of 32 passes. That's a 56% completion rate for 274 yards. In addition to the Saints' fifth interception this season, Lattimore had two pass breakups, six tackles, and he even made the final fourth down stop of the game. Makes sense as to why Cam Jordan couldn't wait to have him back. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, uh, I've, like I said, I've been telling him that I, I was like, hey, man, we need you. He's like, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost back and uh, whatever it is. Um, and you see the type of game-changing plays he can create when he's out there. Saints quarterback Andy Dalton led them down the field in the opening drive for a touchdown. It was the most amount of plays and time of possession in a scoring drive all season. 15 plays, 75 yards, over 8 minutes, 58 seconds on the clock. He completed 81% of his passes on the day for 204 yards. He went a perfect 13 of 13 before that interception late in the second quarter. I think we set the tone early on of what we were going to be today. And... You know, there's the ebbs and flows of the game, which is natural of how this thing goes. But for us to start fast that way, have a long drive, end in a touchdown, I mean, that's exactly how you want to start. Rookie receiver Rashid Shahid was targeted six times. He caught every pass when he was targeted and led the team with 79 receiving yards. 
His 58-yard reception from Dalton probably stood out. It was pretty incredible. Third and four, Dalton to throw. Throwing deep, he's got Shahid. Shahid makes the catch. 20, 15, 10, finally knocked down by Bradbury inside the 10-yard line. Rashid Shahid. Boy, he, Shahid was going down the near sideline, and he raised his hand so much because he knew he was wide open. Well, he was beat. And no, Deuce, I'm not going to run a little hitch route. I am going to run a go route. And Bradbury is, doesn't trust my speed. The special teams even put on a show. Punter Blake Gillikin had five of his six punts downed inside the 20. And Will Lutz had two field goals. One was a 54-yarder, one a 20-yarder. So again, I mean, it's just really complimentary football. Overall, the Saints defense had six sacks, came with three of them. Linebacker Demario Davis surpassed 100 tackles on the season for the fifth straight season. He's the first player in franchise history to do that. The Saints held the Eagles to their lowest scoring output of the season. It's the seventh consecutive game where they've held teams to 20 or fewer points. Philadelphia has the league-leading offense. They score nearly 30 points a game, and they just managed 10. So it was really an incredible effort by the Saints' defense. And now the Saints focus on the last game of the season, Sunday against the Panthers, which, while it hasn't necessarily been announced, all signs point to it being noon kickoff at the Superdome. While the playoffs are off the table, the team has made it clear that they want to go out with a win. Capping off the season on a 4-0 run out of the bye would be pretty nice. Here's tight end Jawan Johnson and head coach Dennis Allen. You know, we're playing for a, a lot of different things. Um, we're playing to momentum into next year. We're playing for DA. We're playing for, you know, our coordinators. We're playing for a lot of people. Um, we're playing for ourselves. We're playing for a lot of our brothers because if you think about it at the end of the day, um, we won't have the same team next year. So um, just kind of embracing what we have, um, just uh, having fun with it. I mean, we don't just do it for um, the money. We do it just because we have fun with it. And, uh, this is something that we've been blessed with to play um, since we were little kids. So just uh, taking advantage of just having fun our last, our last game together. All we can control right now is how we finish out this season. We talked about after the Tampa game, we said, look, we don't control our own fate in terms of the playoffs. Okay, What we do control is how we play the, the last four games. And we talked about um, you know, trying to go 4-0. Well, that's still out there for us. And so that's... That's where we're sitting right now. Looking forward to the home game Sunday and seeing everyone back in the Superdome. Now let's bring in Advocates Luke Johnson. Luke, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I had you last year and I, I always see your tweets. You're at every game and I hadn't had you this year. So had to have you on after a big win. Um, I know you enjoyed it being in Philadelphia. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. And look, I'm, uh, I'm thankful I get to come on here and talk about a win that's much easier. I know. It's been fun lately covering the Saints. Coming out of the bye, they've just been on this tear. Three wins in a row. They've been playing some of their best ball. What stood out to you most about their game against the Eagles? You know, I think the thing that really stood out to me after watching that was um, the way they finished that game. It's been a problem for them all year long. Um, yeah, if if play here, play there in a couple different games, and, and maybe we're talking about a completely different situation with this team, but yeah, I think it's it's you know, nice to see two weeks in a row now that they're they're kind of finding their finishing touch. And you know, Sunday they have a ten point lead with three and a half minutes to go. Philly's got all three timeouts. You never know if they get a stop. What can happen in that in that moment? And 
Saints called five straight running plays with Taysom Hill. Four of them are the exact same play. Philly knows exactly what's coming. They can't do anything to stop it. I thought that was really impressive, especially considering the fact that they were going up against a very good defensive front and they were doing it with you know, three backup offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I, I just think that being able to do that in that environment against that team, um, you know, I think it shows some fight with this team. It's, it's something you really want to see after the way the season started. You mentioned the environment. I had never been to Philadelphia. I had never got to experience their fans. And I didn't even make it into the stadium before I was getting heckled walking in with the rest of the Saints video crew wearing our Saints gear. They weren't too bad. I think it was all in jest, but um, definitely a tough place to play. I think that the Saints came into this one wanting to prove themselves, wanting to prove what what they could do in beating the top team in the NFL. And I know that Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. We didn't see MVP Jalen Hurts, but Minshew had been had done very well last week against the Cowboys. And over the past several games, they've been scoring 35 points, you know, or more. So it's not like this offense hadn't been producing. Even you look at the defense's performance and their ability to just shut them down. I mean, four straight three and outs. They didn't get a first down until 11 seconds left in the second quarter. Just looking at that half alone, how dominant was the defense? I mean, very. Look, at. Gardner Minshew obviously is not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. He's having a phenomenal season, and he plays a type of ball that the Saints are probably very glad they didn't have to face, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like him having to face these mobile quarterbacks, but it's not like Minshew's a scrub. You know, I, I think he's a really good NFL player, and you know, the Saints, I don't think, beat them so bad because Minshew was playing poorly. I think they got after him with a pass rush. And that's look. That's the Saints' defense that we've seen in previous years. Mm-hmm. Their their front four is getting after the passer, making his life miserable back there, and then they're taking advantage of of the the rush throws and all that stuff in the back end. Like this is that was like the defense we're accustomed to seeing under the like Dennis Allen coach team. Um, so like I I don't think you can just sit back and say like a, you know, oh they they were playing their backup quarterback and. Yeah, you know, he still had Devontae Smith and AJ Brown to throw the ball to. And those are two thousand yard receivers. He still had Miles Sanders in there in the game, even though they barely used him in the first half. Um, yeah, you know, that, that, that was a dangerous offense. They went out and shut him down. Um, and you know, outside of of one really big explosive play, um Philly didn't do much offensively that entire game. And it's really it's just keeping up with the trend the Saints have have been putting out there since week eight against the Raiders. You mentioned the pass rush. Obviously, have to talk about Cam Jordan and the record that he broke three sacks on the day to pass Ricky Jackson, now the all time sack leader for the Saints. You've covered him for a while. He's such a fun player. He's so fun to talk to and get and so nice with the media. And he tells you like it is. His post game press conference yesterday was, I think, like ultimate Cam Jordan. I mean, the, the way he was just quipping and, and he was great. I mean, I'm sure he was in a great mood after the performance that he had and breaking that record. What's been so impressive for you and just covering him and what he's been able to do? Uh, it's it's his consistency. I, I mean, it's it doesn't matter if you're talking about his game. Um, he, he became the third player in NFL history to record at least seven and a half sacks, 11 straight seasons. The other two are John Randall and Reggie White, mm-hmm. two of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history. It's a really elite exclusive company. Um, he's consistent as a person. Um, same guy 
day in, day out. He's a goofball, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it, he is who he is, right? And then he's never going to change for anybody. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, and then, uh, you know, he never never misses games. I mean, he missed the first yeah. game of his NFL career because of injury this year. Uh, you know, he's played over 200 in a Saints uniform. Yeah, and that uh, was not by choice. He would have played with a broken eye yeah if he could have right. yeah a broken or- orbital bone is uh, no joke like yeah. you don't want to play with that but he would have tried um and it, look he's played through a lot of injuries in the past right he, you yeah. can always count on him a- in so many ways i just think um you know what what better player to to go out and break up a, a hall of famer a saints legends franchise mark and somebody who just has given so much um <clears throat> time effort you know of his talent and, you know, of his, you know, every, every Tuesday, this is something that you know, yeah. people may, maybe, maybe do, maybe don't know, but every single Tuesday, and this has been going on for a decade, every single Tuesday, the one off day they have a week, he spends it out with a school hanging out with a bunch of kids. And he's done that forever. And, you know, it's not like he's asking for cameras to go out there every time he does it. He's usually just does it. And I've, I've had a chance to see him do it a couple of times and, it, you know, it, he's, it's not just like lip service, like, Hey, I'm Cam Jordan, like come say hi. And then I'm going to bounce. It's like, he's out there like playing around with the kids at recess. You know, he's, he's just a great uh, player, a great ambassador. Um, couldn't be more happy for the guy. He's well-deserved honor. Definitely agree with you there. And, and you said it very well. It's not only his performance on the field, but in the community and then what he's brought to the locker room as his leadership and team captain, you look at some of the other players, younger guys that have filled in. Carl Granderson has stood out immensely over the past several games, the way that he's just taken on um, and have grown a few steps, I think, this year in his game. What have you liked about his performance and what he's done? Well, shoot. I mean, you know, last week he saves the game with a big fourth down sack on Deshaun Watson. And then you know, this week he comes out and he gets two quick sacks on Gardner Minshew. And, and look, I, I think he's he's been a player. And I, I asked a couple of coaches about this before the game. It was, he's a guy they, they kind of found in uh, Wyoming as an undrafted free agent. He had a lot of success at a small school. He was a bit undersized by their standards, but they were like, okay, well, we're looking at your frame and we think you can be this. You know, the Saints like their really big, beefy defensive ends. They're like, yeah. Come on in, we'll add 20 pounds to your frame. And like every year, Granderson's just got bigger, better, bigger, better. Um, and then now this year, I think he's got five and a half sacks, maybe, maybe six and a half. He's, you know, he's up there around the team lead. Um, and he's just playing really good, consistent football. And, and this is a team that has a lot of pretty good defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's forced his way into the rotation, he's forced his way onto the field, and and he's you know, both Granderson and the Saints are reaping the benefits right now. Really impressive season for him. Somebody else that stood out, another undrafted uh, rookie in Rashid Shahid comes in and he leads the offense in receiving yards. Obviously, there was a very big connection with him and Andy Dahl in the 58-yard reception. His game, he just seemed so confident yesterday, so sure of himself. He's a special player. And I think it's been really fun just, just watching him you know, pick up more and more of that confidence every week. I mean, the first time he comes in, first time he ever touches a football in an NFL football game, mm-hmm. uh, it takes 44 yards to the house, right? And and it seems like every moment since then, it's just 
they're adding a little bit more to his plate. And every time they add a little bit more, he's like, yeah, I can do that too. Um, and, you know, I think initially when he came in, I'm like, man, he's a really fun gadget player, right? You can use that speed and let him go run deep a couple of times, give it to him on a jet sweep and just like watch him run. Uh, but yeah, I think it, this was his 10th or 11th game this past week. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm starting to think like I, maybe they found one of their starting receivers next year. Yeah. I, 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 what what has he done that's going to suggest he can't do that? Yeah, he was their their top receiver this past week. Um, yeah. And, and the way just- he changed up that route too, like he read what the defense was was giving him and jumped him and then hit that long go route. And I mean, it's just the way that he moves and the way that he, he reads the game is is pretty special too. But the, but the best part about this is, is it wasn't like as, as awesome as that was, it wasn't just that play. Like he's making plays underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's making some, some yards after the catch. He's, he's adding some sophistication to his game these last couple of weeks. Um, he's really taken off. And, you know, like you say, you, you can see the the confidence in a young player just continue to grow. You can see the Saints confidence in him continue to grow. I think he might've led all wide receivers in snaps. Uh, last week, which is probably the third or fourth time he's done that in the last four weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a, he's a really special player. It's so much fun seeing guys from backgrounds like him or backgrounds like his um, make the most out of an opportunity. And yeah. he absolutely has this year. Definitely has. Um, we kind of jumped from defense to offense there, but we got to go back to uh, Marshawn Lattimore's return. And just the impact that he had in game in the first game back after missing 10 games, he clearly reminded everybody that he is the guy there. He's a pro bowler for a reason. You know, Cam Jordan joked around about how much he'd been trying to get him to come back because he knew the impact that he had. I, I mean, just to see that performance, to see him come out there and perform the way he did. Were you surprised or were you just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's Lattimore. No, I was absolutely surprised. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think people are giving him enough credit for how hard it is to take three months off and yeah. just come and play at an unreal level. You know, I, I don't know exactly what the stats are. I don't know how many catches he gave up, but I know, you know, he made two great plays in the ball. One of them ends up with the pick six that, that completely changes the, uh, you know, the, the momentum of the game, the outcome. You know, I don't know if the saints win that game without that play. Um, Man, he was awesome, and mm-hmm. I just don't think I don't think it's reasonable to expect somebody to to miss three months and to come back and just be a shutdown corner against AJ Brown. You know, <laughs> I yeah. mean that's that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And and we've seen it a couple of times this year where even Paulson Adebo, right, missed three or four weeks earlier this year with an ankle injury, and they brought him along very slowly because they're like the conditioning is just not there. It's it's hard to be in football shape playing football after taking that much time off and Lattimore missed like three times as, as long as Adebo did. Um, so, you know, that's not a knock on Paulson Adebo. I just think it just says how special Lattimore is. Um, and, you know, honestly, just with the players who were playing at a very high level without Lattimore on the field, you add Lattimore to that. Um, I mean, very, very bright future for that same secondary. Right, because we didn't even see Elante Taylor in the game, and he'd been somebody that's been in a lot of plays. It's crazy the depth that they have. The entire secondary, the what we thought was going to be the starting secondary, has not played 
together yet this season. And they've still turned into what they are right now. So yeah, I think yeah. that the future, definitely, if everything stays intact, um, it, it'll look good for the Saints. Yeah, I, I was just looking back through the numbers today. Um, since the Raiders game, week eight, so this is the last nine games, basically the second half of the season, Saints are number one in passing yards allowed. They're number one in passer opponent passer rating. Um, you know, I think they're number three in scoring defense, and they've got the second most sacks out of any NFL team. And a lot of that, I think, is is based off of what guys like Alante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, I think Tyron Matthews played really well the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Daniel Sorensen step up and just start and play the entire game at safety. You know, he played nine defensive snaps before that Cleveland game last week. Preston Aduti has a great game. You know, I, I just think they've uh, – yeah, they've really been the unit that we thought they were going to be, and they haven't ever had all those guys in the field together. Like you mm-hmm. said, they, they've not played one snap. They're starting defensive secondary this year, uh, not with all of them on the field together. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to the culture, the expectations, the coaching here to be able to, even though it's not who you thought you were going to have, not your starting you know, secondary. I think there's been a lot of people out of this uh, defensive line. Um, we've had a lot of injuries that they've had to deal with in and out throughout the season, and they've still found a way to develop them into this elite. I mean, the numbers that you just read the group, I mean, what I would say, argue one of the best defenses in the NFL right now over the last few stretches. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And and those guys were getting kind of skewered earlier this year because they weren't playing up to their own expectations are on standard uh and deservedly so right i you know that's that was what everybody thought that this team was going to hang its hat on this year didn't work out for the first seven games it was kind of frustrating but um you know they've definitely righted the ship there and uh they deserve a lot of credit for that ryan nielsen chris richard uh, chris richard's done a great job coaching that secondary up and obviously you know dennis allen has his guys playing on that side of the ball the way he wants them to play mm-hmm. um Okay, now jumping back to the offense because I clearly had no plan coming into this. Now, um, the the Saints, the way they opened the game and the way that quarterback Andy Dalton started, they really seemed like they hit a great rhythm. They were balanced, um, not only in the run and the pass game, but in the people that they were going to. I mean, they were mixing it up quite a bit. Is that the best that you've seen the Saints offense look this season? Um. I don't know. I, you know, maybe considering the circumstances just with, uh, you know, who they were going up against, they, they played some pretty good games. They've been good in flashes offensively, uh, but I thought they were pretty good in that first half. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Dalton completed his first 13 passes. Um, they had a really, really nice mix of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara in that game. Um, you know, it was looking really, really good for, for two quarters. It kind of lost their way a little bit in the the third and early fourth quarter when, you know, you start, you start having the, the, you start feeling the impact of not playing without three starters on that line. And you mm-hmm. know, that pass rush is no joke. I, yeah. They have 68 sacks this year. They're the first team since 1989 to hit that mark in a season. Um, they could break the NFL record next week. I, I mean, those guys are nasty. Um, so it was a tough slog for a little bit there in the second half, but I, I thought, you know, I, I think that's just kind of been this, this saints offense this year. They just show you, they show you in bits and pieces, like what they're capable of doing. Um, just would have liked to see a little bit more consistency out of that unit. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the Panthers game this weekend, 
you know, the Saints have said they really want to finish the season out four and oh. They talked about it after the game in Tampa. They had that's what they could control, right? Is just winning out. And that's what they still want to do, regardless of playoff implications and everything like that. When I finished the game or the season on a high note, we you you kind of mentioned the offensive line health there. How big of a factor is that going to be in this game? And do you think that they're going to have to mix anything up, um, maybe kind of move Trevor Penning around or something like that? Yeah, so I would be really surprised if we don't see Trevor Penning this week. Um, I, to- I There's part of me that understands what Dennis Allen was saying after the game when you know Trevor Penning's been working as you know, one certain position and it's not like a regular offensive line position. You don't want to throw that guy in. You know, throw him to the wolves against one of the best pass rushing teams in the NFL, um, just midstream. Like it made more sense from a football standpoint to bring in the guy who has been repping at that spot. I get that, but you know now they have a whole week. Right, they have a whole. They're down three starters. You have a first round pick. You know, you're not going to the playoffs. Um, so throw him in there. Let him see what he can do. First start, last game. Um, he was healthy enough to play now. Go play him. And I think that's going to require some shuffling, right? I think um, I think it would probably make sense to put Penning at left tackle. That's where we've seen him. That's where he played in college. Um, you can slide James Hurst over to the right side. If Ryan's not ready to play, you can slide James Hurst inside, uh, where he played a lot of football for the Saints the last couple of years. So um, yeah, it's going to require some moving, moving pieces, but I think that's mm-hmm. the right move. I, I mean, that – just especially considering all the circumstances like go let him let him play let him see what he can do if he if he struggles it's okay it's this is this is the absolute right time to to use him yeah yeah I mean coach Allen talked about that today when he talked to the media that they're not going to just throw anything out there to see what what works what might not work you know as they go into the season knowing that you know there isn't anything left after this game but moving Trevor around a little bit might be something that they do do so it'll yeah. be interesting to see how he's used i mean as you mentioned he's perfectly capable has some practice this week that he can kind of work into it a little bit going into the game we've seen the panthers already this season albeit the team looked different at that point than it does now you know sam darnold has been moving the offense they've been putting up some points where do you think the saints have an opportunity to take advantage against them well you know i think if they can find a way to slow down that Panthers running game, right. which, is, which is a big if. They've been playing very, very well. It's crazy. They trade arguably the best running back in football, and they have you know, two guys step up, and they're, they miss nothing. You know, Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman, or Deontay Foreman, have been, both been playing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's paramount for them to slow those guys down. And look, the Saints have they've struggled at times against the run this year, but they've they they kept Josh Jacobs in check. Josh Jacobs is probably going to win the NFL rushing title. Um, you know, San Francisco wasn't able to get much going, and San Francisco I think has the the most creative rushing attack in football with you know with the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey there. Um, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job in pretty brutal conditions against Cleveland, one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. So it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. I, I that they need to start there, and if they can do that, then you know. I think Donald is the type of quarterback who's going to throw you a ball every now and then. It's a, it kind of the same way that Gardner Minshew is. Um, and if you get those opportunities, you got to capitalize on them. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting matchup with both of the teams 
out of the postseason to see how they approach the game. Saints have made it very clear that they want the win. It means a lot to them in terms of momentum and just ending the season on a high note. I, I know it's been a different year to cover, but for you, how, I guess, overall would you kind of qualify what the Saints have been able to do this season, all things considered? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say it's been anything other than a disappointment. I think the Saints players, coaches, front office <laughs> fans, any, everybody is going to agree with me on that, right? I, I mean, they uh, they went into this expecting to to win the division and and compete for playoffs and, and, um, you know, just, it didn't work out. You know, they got off to a really rough start. Um, you know, they, they missed a ton of impact players with injury. You know, maybe the season's different if Michael Thomas doesn't go on the shelf after three games or, you know, if Jarvis Landry doesn't injure his ankle in week three, um, if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't miss 11 games, if, this, that, the other, you know, I, I mean, it was tough. It was tough all the way around. They made mistakes. They lost players. Um, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. But that said, um, you know, I think the thing that I really like about it is that they were four and nine and they, you know, just looked completely dead in the water. And, um, you know, here they are uh, seven and nine and, um and they're showing a lot of life, a lot of grit at the end of the season. They didn't give up on it. Um, I think Dennis Allen has his guys playing hard, which is really, really encouraging considering the circumstances. So, you know, disappointing, but like it's it's better to be on the upswing at the end than than to you know come out with three straight wins and then have it <laughs> have mm-hmm. it end in a terrible fashion. So yeah, um, I mean, it's felt different covering the team the past couple of weeks. I know wins make people happier and they're and they're easier for us on our side trying to talk to people when they're winning but it just in general it seems like they're having a lot of fun they're playing loose so hopefully they'll bring that into the superdome i think the fans will be excited to see them again i I hope every i hope people come out to watch them um this last game and and get a win over an nfc south you know division opponent new orleans loves the party new orleans loves his football you know i I think you know, as disappointing as it might have been, I, I don't think anybody's going to say like, well, I'm just going to sit at home and do something other than watch the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> so come party with us on Sunday. Watch the Saints play. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. Luke, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate Luke on a busy travel day home. He obviously traveling back from Philadelphia today. We'll have more coverage heading into the Panthers game all week right here on the Saints podcast and, of course, on NewOrleansSaints.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Presented by SeatGeek.